Did we ever tell you the definition of insanity? Well, we shouldn't have to tell you because way back in 2012, Ubisoft's acclaimed open world first person shooter Far Cry 3 told us all what it meant, repeatedly. Far Cry 3 follows young American rich kid Jason Brody as he and his friends crash land on a pirate infested tropical death trap called the Rook Islands. Somehow he goes on to become one of the most fearsome warriors gaming has seen. This descent into chaos and destruction has you fighting for survival and liberation every step of the way, but it isn't the journey itself that will have you hooked. No, this is one of those rare games where it's actually the villain that keeps you on the edge of your seat. That villain is the maniacal pirate lord Vast, and we're here to tell you all about him and the endless beauty and character this game possesses. So, without further ado, let there be rumble. There be spoilers in these waters. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Rumble Pack Podcast, episode, uh, what is it, 11? 11. Episode 11, I'm back here with my buddy Luke. Hello Luke. Hello Will. How are you? I'm well. We're um, still a distance apart. Yeah, how's Just... that treating you, not being uh, near me for a couple of weeks? Yeah, well, your damn city's uh, still in lockdown. Yeah. Like, like a pack of fools while we're out here running amok. Well, it's so good, in your face. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> What's going on in the streets down your way? Oh yeah, for people sure. just carnage. Just locals here, you know. None Some of the- sort of Mad Max uh, esque sort <laughs> <of> chaos. <laughs> it's it's, well, it's like that eighty percent of the time, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. um it's nothing too different. But uh, obviously, our thoughts are with you and ever anyone else who's listening that's been um stuck in lockdown for a couple of weeks again. Hopefully, it's not um I know you, I think at the moment as of recording, it's what a twenty five k radius so it's a bit better but we still can't get out to regional victoria and we can't all reunite and it's sort of like a little bit of nam flashbacks but we're doing pretty well i think victoria yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're nearly we're nearly out of it again we're okay yeah you have a few thank you thank yous you want to run through i do i do and this is to this is singing out to the rumble the rumble pack family all across the world Ooh. um as we as we, we are a, a family yeah and we're a global trend trending brand right now that's for sure <laughs> hashtag Rumble Pack Podcast on anything you do, even in just walking down the street, just hash it. People know what you're talking about. <laughs> just, <laughs> just hash it. Yeah. So the sound, the what a true podcaster would say. <laughs> we're all. It's all gone to my head. That's for sure. Oh so, yeah. So um, to our rumblers in our home country of Australia, we want to say good day and thank you very much for joining us today and for listening through the series. You yeah, beauty, fantastic. Yeah. I also wanted to extend our thank you to our listeners in the United States, New Zealand, the UK and Canada. We want to say hello and thank you very much to you all as well. Very good. Now, we also want to extend thanks to our friends in Brazil. And we want to say hola e obrigada. (laughs) They all know what it means. It's an inside joke. Yeah, I sure (laughs) as shit don't. (laughs) No, it's, it's a hello and thank you for joining. Ah, thank, very hello good. and thank you. Um, also want to say to our friends in Algeria, which that whoever our listener was last week, you grow, you've got our, us rooted in your country now and we're growing. We're expanding. I, genu- 
I genuinely hope that the Algerian listener out there really enjoyed The Last of Us uh, mega double up episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Of course, that, that would be, yeah. Hope they did. Yeah. I hope, I hope all of you did. But to this, to our Algerian family, we say, Mahabana were Ashkok. And, uh, and what does that mean? Uh, hello and thank you. Oh, they're, they're all. That, oh, yes, I'm yes. keeping it uniform. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, I'm doing my very best, so apologies for the mispronunciation. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad I'm not doing it because I would have bungled <laughs> it terribly. <laughs> to our rumblers in Germany and Austria, we would like to say, Hallo und Danke. Nice. That one and, I do know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, you would. And finally, to my my bloodlines in Iceland. Iceland, <laughs> even. We would like to say, Hello, Oktak Fyrir. And that sounds like a wrong accent, and it probably is, but I hope that comes across <laughs> 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 as what it's meant to say, as a hello. Oh. And th- so, hello and thank you to everybody for not only joining us today, but um, coming along for this 11-episode ride that it's been so far. Yeah, thank you very much. And, please and well done to you, Luke. Yeah, well done to you, Will. It's been a great. It's been great fun, hasn't it? Yeah, love doing yeah it's been really good. Yeah, it's gone a bit. It's gone better than we expected. We've uh, learned to talk better than expected. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't say these things because it's only downhill from here. <laughs> oh, I tried not to troop up on that sentence alone. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but um, and anyone who hasn't checked it out, please go back and listen to our first mega episode, which was episode ten. Yeah, which was divided into ten A and B as we went through. Last of Us and Last of Us Part 2, respectively. With yeah, your, what a ride. With your brother, Tom, Will. Yeah, we had Tommy on. Uh, he loves those games. Yeah. And he had plenty of good things to say, as did we, I hope. Uh, mm-hmm. And no, they were really fun episodes to record. And it's, it kind of feels funny that we did that episode now and now we'll not be able to do an episode on them again in the future. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, what did we do? <laughs> oh, did we'll br- don't worry, they'll come back up for some reason. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think yeah. the... Um, well, I guess... In contrast, today we're hoping that this uh, this game about a nice jungle environment is a bit of a a warm, a, I guess a a warm up from last week, which was a very cold and dark sort of uh, oh, yeah. area of sub, uh, subject matter. It, yep. was, it was so heavy; <laughs> it was really heavy, and we had to we had to um, lie down for a few days after. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, not not that this game coming up is uh, a very nice uh tonal game like mm. there's certainly some darker moments but it's a bit probably a bit more bombastic than i'd last of us i would say so there's that <laughs> <laughs> well i think anything is so um so we before some we rum we got yes. some rum yes absolutely so before we get stuck into far cry 3 and uh this is a world of pirates again as uh as mentioned in the introduction so no, what do you know no. we've got we've got rum again oh what a coincidence can i quickly say something yes more pirates but today is the day where we lose something. We lose something near and dear to us. We finally, we <laughs> taking me that look. We finally, we're talking about a game that, for as far as I'm aware, doesn't have a sewer section. And I'd like to pay respects to the all the sewers out there that we've talked about so far, <laughs> and say we hate you. We hate you so much. Good <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'm aware, there wasn't a sewer section. There's mines and docks and all this crap. Yeah. I, I didn't see sewers when I watched it back, so hopefully I'm not wrong. And to be fair, sewers are all encompassing. 
like we've we've played games where you know we could we we could be running on a cloud and somehow they'd find a way to put a silver in that damn cloud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mate, so, even bloody the newest Paper Mario game had a damn sewer. Oh, Jesus. it was like the second. It was like literally the second area of the game, <laughs> and I was like, oh no, oh no, what a load <laughs> really of nonsense. Really put it down there and then. Yeah, you should have. But uh, the um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's a that's an achievement, and it is surrounded it by is. the the great um, sewer sewer dumping ground of the ocean. So, in spirit, it's still with us in this game. Yeah, it kind <laughs> of is. <laughs> anyway, I am uh, I'm on the Kraken rum again. Luke had that last time out. I'm having it this time out. We have reviewed it already, but uh, I haven't gotten any new rum, and it's such a nice little rum to have. And it's such, it's a pretty cold, wintry night here in Melbourne. Australia, and I thought I want something to really warm up my heart cockles, and uh, Kraken is the one for me. But you ha- are having a brand new rum. I am. The cockles are getting a, a fresh treatment today. Ooh. Um, so I've gone for Plantation Pineapple Rum. Uh, it's a dark rum, an artisanal Caribbean spirit. Um, it, so it's infused with pineapple. Um, it's a great-sounding great rum for this kind of episode too, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually. So, it's rich mm. plantation, original dark rum infused with Victoria pineapple. Straight out of Victoria. Hello. So, um, this is, is that, bottled. Is that true? Uh, yeah, but it'd be like that's just the type of pineapple. It's not from Victoria, Australia, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, it's bottled by C. Ferrand. Um it's actually a French a French rum, or it's made in France. Oh, sorry, it's bottled mm-hmm. in France. But it is the product of uh, it's Jamaica and Barbados. Okay. So it's it's um yeah it's from it's from the the homeland of rum, but with a bit of a French twist. Very good. So well, as always, cheers, buddy, cheers from all the way over here. Yep. Cheers. Chink. Ooh, nice. Oh, so, my God. I, for- I forget every time how nice the Kraken is. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Well, it's so nice. To paint the picture for you, Will, because obviously the reason we don't, we're not both sharing it is because we're both not here and we don't want to uh, spend over, you know, 110 bucks on a um, an episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, get the, to get a bottle of the Spirit <laughs> H. Um, yeah. But this basically, so in place of where the spiced rum, such as Kraken, would have a... That vanillary taste. This actually has a slight pineapple taste. Okay, it's really nice. It's nothing in, all encompassing. It's not like a flavored vodka or something. You can actually just tell it's infused, not a, an additive. Yep. Yeah, it's really nice actually. Awesome. That'll save the review for the end because it might turn on me. Never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, from here, I say we actually talk about a game. Have we even mentioned the name of the game yet? Yeah, I did earlier. I said before we get into Far Cry 3. Okay, sweet. <laughs> so, and you've got the blurb for the back of the box, do you? I sure do. So Very good. Let's hear it. Yeah, this is uh, this is white text on some white splash, splashed water in the back. So, I have to go supersonic vis- supervision. I have to be under supervision to uh, read this properly. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Just, <laughs> just sleepy me. Okay, so I thought this podcast uh, helped us be able to talk well. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll even get that sentence out. Just read the damn box. 
Beyond the limits of civilization is an island, a lawless place ruled by piracy and something misery, where your only escapes are drugs or the muzzle of a gun. This is where you find yourself trapped in a place that's forgotten right from wrong, a place that lives by the principles of violence. Rated mature or M, MA in Australia, with blood, mm-hmm. mild language and violence. Ooh. Ooh. So, uh, the reason I skipped that one word is yeah. because it's um, disguised in the white. It's blended into the white, but it was human misery. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I would have thought the whole case would have been blue. Well, the key art is ocean blue and everything. <laughs> Except for where there needs to be white text. They've got a ripple yeah. of white. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's 2012 for you. Yeah, it is. It is. Um <laughs> So, um, Far Cry 3, a game we played yeah. back in 2012. Um, I yep, think this is sort of, this is probably around the, 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 I think between maybe 2010 and 12, we both were pretty avid Game Informer readers. So, we actually got yep. a fair few, um, yeah, fair. a fair few lead in, I suppose, details about games about a year or so before they came out. I think yep. Far Cry 3 was one of them because I was super excited it for about a year before it came out even though i hadn't played far cry 2 um far cry 1 nobody really ever talks about i'm sure it's sure it's good well i'd known i'd not really known anything of far cry before and you were the reason i ended up getting the game Mm. um i I don't remember the uh, name of the website but there was a store in melbourne that had a website where you'd buy you used to buy games from if you remember ah dungeon crawl dungeon crawl and that and Far Cry Three, you convinced me that was the first and only game I ever ordered online from Dungeon Crawl. Really? Yep, I it's ordered Far Cry Three. To I was living in Queensland on the Gold Coast. I just moved back, and you convinced me to buy Far Cry Three, and I did then and there. Oh, go me. Yeah, and go you. Yeah. Well, Dungeon thanks for Crawl. listening to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always listen to you. Yeah. As hard as it may be. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. Or yeah, I yeah. think I think everyone in listening would agree with you. So, I reckon at the same time it was like uh, I was waiting for Bioshock Infinite at the time. 2012 was just the year of waiting for Bioshock Infinite because it got delayed like a year and a half, mm. and come and I'm coming out in 2013. And I had ordered the special edition of that game, and I think at, at the time I was just ready to play anything because I was just so I was just so eager for Bioshock. I just had to keep waiting. And mm. you said, oh, Far Cry 3 is this game, you know, do this, do that. And I just ordered it straight away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you did because it ended up being a cracker. It did. Mm. So, the opening shot of this game is a, a, title, a, a loading screen and it comes up with, in another moment, down went Alice after it, never once considering how in the world she was to get out again. And this is a, uh, an Alice in Wonderland quote. Mm-hmm. And... The quirky thing about this is, right, so this is a Ubisoft game um, and in the same year, Assassin's Creed 3 came out and in the intro uh, and in the intro to that game, so Assassin's Creed also made by Ubisoft, yep. in the opening sequence of Assassin's Creed 3, that quote is mentioned by one of the characters and apparently, oh, serious. And apparently neither of the, the development teams had any idea that the other, the other team was using it. <laughs> No way. Yeah, no. How crazy is that? <laughs> so That's I, funny. I don't remember Assassin's Creed 3 coming out in the same year as this. Yeah, it's another game we ago. both uh, enjoyed and both played. Yeah. yeah. 
the mighty Talk threes. About that one day. The mighty threes. We've got to have an episode about the mighty threes. Yeah, we should. We should do an episode just on the third installments of games <laughs> and movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was going to say we've got to mention Revenge of the Sith and Spider Man Three. Yeah, absolutely. Always. Um, <laughs> so, um, I suppose that sort of paints a picture early. It's about a bit of a, I suppose, all this text is sort of. Excuse me, <laughs> just choking. Um, this that plantation rum. <laughs> um. So this text sort of comes up on the screen in blueprint, sort of um, a bit mirrored as well. So yeah. straight away, it's almost meant to be a bit of a disorientating thing. Um, and it sort of, I suppose, sets the tone a bit early for this whole insanity um, thing that's been all, the game's been promoted for. Yeah. Um, so in, in the build-up to the game, we got a lot of trailers and the big focus of it was insanity. And I think this sort of opening scene, the opening shot shows it because... What's more insane than Alice in Wonderland? I still mm. get freaked out by that thing. That doesn't make any sense. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, this is one of my favorite first-person shooters, especially as someone who generally isn't too flash um, on open, open-world first-person shooter games, or at least till that point. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I was never interested in things like Skyrim. Um, and that's not a shooter, but, you know, medieval shooter. <laughs> yeah. So... But the beauty of the environment in this game and the allowance for stealth or all-out action uh, and, and the modifications you can apply to your weapon, weaponry made it a really immersive experience. And I think that's why I got yeah. stuck into it. It made it a, a real... I think it's the it was probably the promotion of it as being something a little bit different and eclectic almost with this insanity thing that really hooked me in. Well, being, I, think, I think it's the insanity... Uh, calling it the in- insanity game speaks to the fact that it's... It sort of does. It blends so many different little types of games into one. Like it's got, it's really, it's got lots of uh, crazy action with the shooting. You can be really stealthy if you want, but it's also very adventurous. Mm. The map is so big, and there's so much to do and see, and and wildlife to hunt, and and all this stuff. And you don't have to do any of that stuff you don't want to. There's so much you can do off the beaten path. So it's as much as the storyline uh, screams insanity. I think the the way the game is set up in the map that you're on, it's just it's quite chaotic uh, in any direction. Mm. I yeah. guess that's insane too, isn't it? Yeah, chaos. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't it doesn't feel like that? It has much of a um, normal layout. Mm. I think you can kind of go any any direction, and then then you might run into something uh, pretty intense, or run into some uh, some shooting dudes, or you go this way, and then you know then there's sharks in the water that are scary and. Yeah, mm. I don't think it's it's not just your generic action game. There's a lot bit more to it. Yeah, for sure. And I think the one of the main sources of that insanity is the actual the wildlife on the island and how much of a threat yeah. everything is to you. Yeah, one yeah. one uh, member of the wildlife family in particular, which I'll touch on later, who lived up to what my dad described to me as a child as one of the most unassumingly dangerous creatures on the planet but i'll touch on that later um so but but this is almost a game of two parts uh one where you must save your friends who jason comes to the island with yep um who are stranded on the island somewhere and another where it basically basically becomes about saving the islands and the people and about jason just going full warrior mode even though as we'll discuss in a moment He's the least likely warrior character of all time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I see the game as trying to tell a story about a, a man that's just really trying to find some sort of purpose. Mm, mm-hmm. And then I think that reflects in a lot in a lot of the characters, not just him. I think a lot of them are just trying to find something to really um, dig their teeth into, which is why a lot of characters help Jason and come mm-hmm. along for the ride when they just don't even have to have anything to do with anything that he's doing. <laughs> yeah, but you're I think, right. But I think, yeah, Jason's not certainly not your typical hero and he's a bit of a... I think the, the, the start of the game sort of paints him to be pretty generic and a bit of a twat, really. I think, I mean, it, 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 it paints them all to be a bit stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think you quickly learn that he's pretty a pretty brave, brave guy. Mm. Well, yeah. that very start, the first thing, the first, uh, after this opening title scene where we get this Alice in Wonderland quote, we get... <laughs> we we cut to Jason and his pack of five, uh, you know, rich American friends. And this one guy says, God, I haven't had Sambuca since I was like 20 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, what am I playing? Why am I doing this? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. But even then, like 2012, we weren't even 18 yet. And that loosely made sense to us. And even then, we thought they were wankers. Yeah. <laughs> even though we didn't fully understand. Yeah. Well, so... Does it, this- it doesn't help that the that whole first... Uh, that first cutscene to start the game when it's kind of like, you know, they're they're in party town. It's almost like a reality show sort of scene. It doesn't help that it literally feels like it's in like two FPS. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it is sure. so janky. Yeah. It looks like it's from 2003, not 2012, for God's <laughs> sake. I don't know if it was on purpose or not because the rest of the game isn't like that. No, it's not. It's like recorded on a flip phone. Yeah. yeah. So, so, that start, so, the start of the game, we in that opening um, cutscene, we get the five friends and we're looking through Jason's eyes. We obviously don't know his name just yet. Um, yep. There's, I think, three girls, um, three guys, uh, four guys. Um, I'm not sure uh, the exact number. No, the, yeah, there's a few. There's probably like eight, eight of them or something. Mm. Eight or not, eight or nine of them, I reckon. Yeah, so it has them all yeah. partying. I think in, you know, like in an Asian place, say Bali, place in Asia. Um, then eventually, you know, they're all partying. There's really intense music playing, like they're having the time of their lives, uh, and then. I think we get to a skydiving part and they all jump out of the planes and then they're just coming down to these islands and then we the video comes out from the screen and it turns out we're looking at a handheld phone. Handheld yep. phone. Handheld video device. <laughs> <laughs> also known as this big phone. It's a very big phone. Yeah. And turns out it's uh, this villain, Vass, holding the screen up to Jason uh, inside a cage, inside a bamboo cage yeah and he's so basically they've landed on this um this island rife with pirates and they've been captured yeah by the one of the best villains of all time who will go dive right into a bit more later mm-hmm. um but it's yeah the tonal shift is insane for the start mm. it's bloody happy days for the first few minutes and then all of a sudden uh it could not actually be any worse <laughs> Well, yeah, do, do we want to go through this whole opening sequence up to sort of what kicks off Jason's journey? Mm-hmm. Um, so, we get, he gets captured. He's in the cage. Vas grills him. And then Jason's brother, Grant, who's in the cage with him, is ex-army. So, he finds a way to break out. And then yep. basically, as they're fleeing this compound, 
with all these prisoners as they're going through. These prisoners are getting tortured and killed and things like that because mm-hmm. they're human trafficking. Yeah. They, they're about to escape. They're looking at a map and then Grant gets shot in the head. And Jason- Yeah, well, they're like mm. three steps away from actually getting out. Yeah. And they happen uh, to have to stop there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like right exactly. beside where Vars is. Like just walk <laughs> five more steps. He's literally like two <laughs> meters from them as well, just yeah. waiting for them. Um, mm. And so then Vars shoots Grant. Jason freaks out um, and he actually it's actually quite intense. You can see how scared he is. And this is probably the best, the when his character is probably the most well performed. And then we, yeah. and then he flees the jungle. Vas says, "Go on, flee, flee." And we'll well, yeah, the jungle Vass, doesn't kill you. Vas gives him thirty seconds to run, mm. and he's yelling out, "Run, Forest, run!" Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh, and, and Vas is totally crazy, so he's swearing all the while. Uh, and then, oh, yeah. and then Jace, uh, Jason's sprinting, running away from dogs. The helicopter's coming after him, and then he. Eventually falls. Well, he crosses a wooden bridge and like they're basically firing bullets at him and it gets destroyed and he just goes straight into the ocean um, or the riverbank below. Mm. Yeah, and then the opening title credits happen. That's right. And then he, yeah. and then he wakes up in a hut with a, a villager who's um, recovered him who we come to learn is uh, his name's Dennis Walters. Yep. Um, so that sort of sets the scene for what Jason's doing. It sort of kicks off his journey to try to find his friends who were also captured and yep. basically just become a a one-man army killing madmen. Yeah, but a lot a lot happens in that first 10 minutes. Like you see all these uh, American mid-20 or 30-year-olds having so much fun and then they're captured by pirates and there's only two of them. And then, yeah, you, you get the monologue from Vars where he's just saying the most hostile stuff towards them. Like, he's just crazy and you have no idea who he is at this point. So, mm. it's it's like eye-opening stuff. You can't take your, your glue to the screen. And then, uh, they, yeah, they nearly get away. He sh- shoots his brother. Yeah. You have to run. It's like it's a lot for 10 minutes. Like, it's a really good opening. It is. I think this is probably... Uh, Vars is still probably the strongest part of this intro. Um, and he's... His uh, his lines are too intense for us to even read through because <laughs> there's so much swearing and they just jump all over the place because he's literally an insane, almost drugged up pirate, and he's, yeah. he's ruthless. He'll say whatever he wants when he wants. He's hot and cold. He goes from saying something quite calmly to screaming his lungs out. Literally the next word. Yeah. Uh, he's got oh, the bit- voice when they did the voice acting recording. The the directors behind the glass must have been. Uh, like uh, I don't know what the right word is. Like they must have been their ears must have been hurting. They would have been coming through the bloody walls. <laughs> yeah, this guy yells so loud, like Vars just screams. Well, in the and it, as a promotional part of this game, in the lead up to the game being released, they actually had a live action, uh, almost short yeah, short yep. film where Michael mm-hmm. Mando, who who plays Vars in the game, he plays the live action version of him. And he actually captures uh, Christopher Mintz Plass, also known as McLovin from Superbad. <laughs> <laughs> and he basically spends 20 minutes in a really sort of funny, sort of funny, edgy way, basically torturing Christopher Mintz Plass. Yep. It's really strange. Um, I do remember that. Yeah, but I watched yeah. that. Oh, I remember it was after I played the game, I watched it because I didn't see it beforehand. But I'll, I had to keep watching it because it's one of the best performances in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, I agree. We, we spoke last week about how 
I suppose, almost perfect the performances are in Last of Us, mm-hmm. especially part two. And Vass is oh, knocking on the door of those guys for sure. Yeah. He's, he's, he's incredible. I think he ends up adding up to about 15 minutes of in-game time on screen. Yeah. Oh, wow. so which is which is amazing sort of the oh. Aven- the avengers effect yeah i can't i can't think of a single uh villain off the top of my head that matches the intensity of the voice lines read by this voice actor in this game oh yeah it's incredible and we'll and we'll dive into him a bit more later but let's talk about jason our protagonist yep so he's introduced as the dude bro um <laughs> yeah so he's um <laughs> yeah and he's and he with his two brothers, so he's got Grant and who dies as we said, and also Riley is one of the friends. Yeah, he's his younger brother. His younger yep. brother. His yep. younger doofus brother. So he's leading him astray big time. Yeah, and these he looks like a you know he's got the scruffy he's got scruffy brown hair. He wears a nice sort of blaggy baggy blue top and just sort of khaki with a few um you know some of those rope sort of um bracelets you know he's yeah, sort of yeah. one of those sort of real cruisy semi-hippie rich kids i suppose yeah he almost looks like he's a mature um aged spring breaker exactly actually that's a great point yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's the best description of him <laughs> uh and he's so he's sort of he's sort of nondescript really there's nothing really stands out about him uh but he's a bit of a spud to be fair yeah he's a huge spud yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, and he's he's very plain. He's very plain, and he's. I, I don't know if it's just the graphics of 2012, but the when you first meet the whole crew, they all look extremely plain. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're very much just the 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 boring white folk who have yeah. come to a, a an a exotic place. Yeah, well, it helps. It helps all of the people on the Rock Islands uh, look even more exotic. Oh, does for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it would be like me going to Indonesia, the whitest, uh, yeah. one of the whitest people you'll see. <laughs> Red facial yeah. hair, not much going for me. <laughs> but and he's got a quite annoying personality, <laughs> and I think he's actually quite divisive. People really hated Jason. Um, Did they? And, and he probably, just despite his actual his growth as a character throughout the game, he, his actual personality. Is probably the weakest part of the game because uh, he doesn't quite he doesn't quite so. fit he doesn't quite fit, and I know that's sort of the point. Like I just said, like we've just mentioned, but it's, it's sort of a bit of a it's a good and bad. I think it's hard to be- it's hard to believe that some of the Islanders would actually take anything he says seriously because mm. like they would just see right through him. Yeah, because like the, you know, there's lines in the game where the Islanders sort of bring up American values and and all this stuff and. And that, like they obviously take the piss out of America, the Islanders. Like they think it's below them. Mm. And then this guy Jason says like this really dull, generic stuff. So they yeah they would just see right through him. But they, I mean some they 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 seem not to. So who am I to say? Mm. Well, I think the and I think in the ver- that very opening sequence where everything goes wrong, it's sort of a bit because he's set up very quickly as this arrogant party boy. It's almost good that it's caught up with him so quick. Yeah. I don't want to see the is. death of his brother, of course. No, that's a bit too far. But, but uh, to battle and scrap, seeing him battle and scrap and getting his hands a, dirty you know, yeah, is satisfying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, uh, can agree with that. <laughs> so, yeah. But I, I, one thing I will say about Jason is that 
I've never known. Well, I guess I guess there could be a few other instances in gaming, but I've never known someone to be so easily persuaded into action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he just does whatever. There's so many different characters in this game that he uh, does. You know, he does like a chore for to to trade for something or whatever. Mm. No matter what it is, Jason's just like, all right, I'll do it. Thanks. <laughs> like it could have been anything. Yep. He's just he's he's actually nuts. Like he's very brave for that because obviously he's trying to find his friends and they killed his brother and he's looking for his younger brother. But I don't know. Like he's gone from this American party boy to this brave, almost super soldier <laughs> in such a short period of time. It's just hard to believe, I suppose. Mm. Well, and I think a key part of that in how easily he's just suddenly become part of the island culture and just immerses himself is when he, he starts getting the, the tatal, which is like the, the tribal tattoo down his forearm. Yep. And, and this is this is basically, this is my favorite character development mechanism in the game because it's a visual upgrade, which we all love. Yeah. Uh, so basically, as you get the as you get a new part of the tattoo, it unlocks new abilities or sort of up you know ups his damage and yeah. it just as he progresses and it works slowly up towards his hand and it looks quite cool. It's mm-hmm. almost like a heap of rings. Uh, yeah, it, it does look cool. Mm, yeah, yeah, but and it makes me feel as though Jason is submitting himself to to these islands to become part of the local Rakiat tribe, which we'll touch on later. Yeah, but but he literally wakes up once he's this initial scene's over and he falls in the river and wakes up. He's he looks over and he's got his arm numbed, and this bloke's just tattooing his arm. Mm. He's committing like tattoo rape on his arm. Yeah, it's really quite invasive, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. And then and Jason just kind of goes with it, and then he ends up just going, "Oh, I may as well just keep extending it all the way up my arm." <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the game. <laughs> But it gets explained. It's essentially a uh, exp- extending his tattoo up his arm is him becoming more of a warrior. So he basically yeah. ends up becoming addicted to this thought of becoming a warrior of protector of the islands. So you end yep. up. So I guess you, it's just your natural progression as a player to do it. Mm-hmm. But really, it's a different progression for Jason's pretty much joining on this journey uh, where you're just mindlessly killing people, getting this tattoo up your arm because it looks cool. But it's actually Jason's pretty much going through your same almost psyche. Yeah. And as a result, the other characters in the game, especially his friends as, as he sees them throughout the game, start to see that he's, he's basically becoming what the, who the player is. Someone who just does things without thinking about them in games. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, that adds to the what I said before, that he's just a guy that is really looking for some sort of purpose because... Even his relate, he has this relationship that sort of um, lingers lingered on through the game with Liza, one of the girls in the group. Is he his girlfriend uh, or a bit of an interest? Uh, well, and, well, no, I think it, they. I don't know if they're still boyfriend and girlfriend, but they at least were before. Because in some of the um, flashback scenes in Bangkok, they are together or, or something like that. But I suppose that's just before they come to the island. So I suppose let's just for, for sake of let's just say they're together mm-hmm. and. Uh, Liza, in some instances, she says that oh, that she's really happy that um, Jason is taking initiative and starting to grow up and all this stuff. So, like, it's it sort of sounds like before coming to the island, he was just kind of not doing anything really with his life. Mm. And Liza's been waiting for him to really um, kick in the gear. So, I think this warrior thing is like, 
something that he's just he's found and he seems to be good at it, so he's just going for it, even if it drives everyone away. Yeah. Because he's actually just found something. He's found some purpose in his life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so this, this Tatao, while we're on it, we, we get these three different branches of it. So the heron, the shark, and the spider. And it's essentially, as you, uh, um, as you ex- get more and more of the tattoo, it basically represents your in-game spirit animal, I guess. What you're sort of, yeah. Which one you lean more heavily towards? So the heron focuses mm-hmm. on long-range takedowns and mobility, like a nimble hawk would. The shark focuses focuses on assault takedowns and healing, like a vicious shark would. And uh, while the spider focuses on stealth takedowns and survival, uh, it's almost. And I I guess it's part of the Jason's journey and evolution. That reminds me a lot of Apocalypse Now, which I don't know if you've seen. But it's a no, I haven't. Pretty famous movie. It's like where the you basically go looking for a colonel uh, who's gone AWOL, and basically when he gets when you get to the end of the movie to see him, he's become like a guerrilla warrior. He's like okay. lives with the tribesmen. And he's pretty much completely insane. Yep, uh, it's it's really interesting. I think Jason reminds me of that. He just <laughs> he just keeps getting further and further away from who he was at the start of the game, which is good and bad. Well, yeah. It, it it comes through uh, some scenes through the middle of the game where he gets back to the uh, sort of hub where he's taking his friends to be safe. And it's almost like as soon as he gets there, he's just looking for the next reason to leave. Yeah. So, as the game progresses, he just like, yeah, you just see him get further and further away from his friend group and he's really just becoming part of the island. Hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and I think at this, and it's interesting that it does this because from the very start, we're forced to survive in this fierce and dangerous jungle. Uh, so he's sort of, yeah. he's, he's sort of like, you're very close to death all the time. Mm. Uh, whether it's mercenaries or pirates or the actual wildlife itself. Um, and they're all just like all throughout the island. Like you can just turn around and suddenly there's three pirates just walking up a hill towards a tree <laughs> and you're just like, ah, oh, crap. And then, like, all of a sudden they call reinforcements and it's just really hectic the whole time. Yep. Mm. Yeah, there's danger everywhere. Mm. Adds to the insanity. Yeah. And I think the edginess of this game is really cool and comes to the fore where you get this, where you can visibly apply bandages and other first aid uh, kits to yeah. your arm. Like, you wrap bandages around your arm, which will stay there for a while. Uh, and it makes the danger seem very much a threat and things more desperate. He yeah, even, yeah. He even pops... He even does this animation where when you're trying to heal without a health kit where he pulls his, he puts his hand up and his thumb's completely um, dislocated and he just yanks it with the other hand and it pops and it goes back in. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> are we are we so sure that uh, Jason Brody is not a half human, half mold man? <laughs> like another generic... Uh, American <laughs> first-person game character we know of. Sometimes I think we're both we're half brothers and half mold because my next my next <laughs> we're, dot we're point half, half brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, <Okay. laughs> whatever the terminology is. Because half my person. next my next point that I've got is that surely he's the older brother of Ethan Winters from Resident Evil. <laughs> 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 so we're in sync. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. If I have to, if I had to pick one right now to be my favourite, I mean, it would be Ethan. 
it'd be Ethan because oh. the stuff he says is just so kooky that I, it's almost, uh, it's almost heartwarming how stupid he is. <laughs> oh yeah, it breaks the ice of the whole game. Yeah, he he, pronounced, <laughs> he tries his best to ruin Resident Evil Seven, and we've got to commend him for that. And eight. Yeah. Oh, he, oh, he tries. He, he, <laughs> he tries. tries. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so back back yeah. to the islands though, and we get these. We also get to use a lot of uh, vehicles. We find a lot of vehicles around: jet skis, paragliders, mm-hmm. yep, jeeps, which we just slam through the islands. You can just pretty much go wherever you want. It's really cool. Yeah, I love that. All, all in first person, so you like you know, his hands are moving the steering wheel in front of you, right in front of your face, sort of thing. Yep, I think it's really cool. Makes a very sandboxy bit of a. Play yeah, yeah. Well, that again, that like that just adds to the fact that you can just do any do so much stuff in this game that you don't even have to do at all. Mm. You could definitely play this whole game without um, driving some of the vehicles ever. Mm. But there's just this so this this whole world there built for you to just have fun and just take your time through the story, mm. um, or even after the story if you want to just spend. 20, 30 hours just mucking around in the world, you can do it. It's good. It's a really good setup. Yeah, because well, one of the mechanics, gameplay mechanics, is that you can go and take over bases, uh, mm-hmm. pirate bases, where they've taken over like ant- uh, radio towers and you can liberate the radio towers and yeah. hack into them. So, then it reveals an area of the map and all of the secrets and collectibles that are in that area. Yeah. And you can do that. You can do that forever. Which is very early 2010s, late 2000s uh, game mechanic, isn't it? Especially going up U- a tower and opening the opening the map up. <laughs> oh, especially Ubisoft. Oh, it's but. a Ubisoft tradition. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's just so much you can you can do on this island, and it's uh, and that's and that's a really interesting thing I think about your your journey as a player, just getting really immersed in this island, wanting to get your your tattoo bigger, wanting to get all of these machine guns and upgrade them, make them look how you want to do them. Jason's going through that same journey and, and that's yeah. a really cool part of his progression is that everyone recognizes this, as I mentioned before. Uh, and just reflecting on it now, thinking about how much we love just to s- stuff around on these islands, you know, uh, stealth attack all of these all of these enemy bases to try to r- really just be as badass as we can. That's exactly I what will- Jason's doing. Yeah, well, I will say there is one bit uh, in the game where... Jason brings, uh, I think he saves Liza. Uh, he saves Liza at some some point in the game. Anyway, they get out of whatever they're doing and Jason like uh, yells that, oh, we did it. You know, we did it. He's like really excited about the fact that they got out. All, That's basically uh, what he really, sounds like to be fair too. Yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere, he's like, oh, man, we did it. And Liza's like, you know, this is serious. Why the hell are you having fun? So it's mm. clear that uh, Jason is, like you just said, he's actually even though it's a grim time and his friends are missing, he's got this whole island to just stuff around with crazy <laughs> weapons and everything, and he's having the time of his life. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he should have. I can't believe he didn't like strap the guns to his arms and like you know become some sort of superhero. Oh, he could. He definitely could have become some like crazy island mech monster. Hmm. With like six launchers attached to him, and he was up in some sort of cockpit. Now that's the game I want to play. <laughs> he should be in Far Cry Six, by the sounds of it, and yeah. by the looks of what Far Cry Six is, uh, the trailers are showing. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, but we and 
throughout the game, these these Mad Hatter quotes mm. uh, really start getting littered throughout um, in different, I guess, breaks in between chapters almost. So, yeah. there's Alice in Wonderland quotes. Uh, and I th- and it's just sort of really, it, it sort of, I guess, reminds you to be worried about Jason a bit. Yeah. And how insane this whole thing is. Yep. And I'm actually saying, in talking about this, as we've discussed, this is like therapy for us too. I'm starting to really understand that Jason's uh, journey is actually quite complex. Yeah, it is. It is complex, yeah. Yeah. Uh, more I think than if we, anything, those mad haddock. Yeah, yeah. Those Mad Hatter quotes uh, make you real, like, they sort of, they hold you back from going overboard a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, like, they te- they sort of bring you back to earth to have some restraint because you can just be so gnarly with whatever you do in this game and you can just go absolutely nuts. You hmm. read some of that stuff. Uh, I don't know if you wrote the quotes down. I didn't, but, um, yeah, they can just bring you back to earth a bit. Hmm. I've got a key one. Just, just a man. He is, yeah. I've got a key one to mention that I'll mention later, but but I think, yeah, well, so we, we sort of, as we've touched on, we, we basically get Jason's essentially a new man by the time we get to the end of what we think the main goal is in saving his friends. Yeah. Uh, and it sort of, it pretty much transitions midway from becoming about saving his friends and him really wanting to get them back. But once he saved them, it's like he's not satisfied and he's become really hooked to this island and the survivalist life like he wants to save the islands because there's this new threat that comes in you mm. know um these these uh almost warriors of the island so citra she's basically the local tribe leader she yep. wants him to she keeps pushing him and pushing him to become more of a warrior and be who he's meant to be like this destiny uh and even though it's a bit of fluff really to start with he clearly just starts to really believe it and that's where and that's where all of sure. this that's where this sort of real muddling of his character comes comes in. He just starts really losing his mind a bit or his sense of what he was actually there for. Yeah, he keeps getting drugged as well. He does. Every time Citra <laughs> talks to him, she bloody drugs him. And he has hallucinations about getting this ancient knife weapon and and doing a big speech to the tribe and all this crazy stuff. So, he, he's in over his head a bit, but I don't think he's getting helped by the people that he thinks he can trust. Hmm. And then you've got Dennis, who is a funny character, Dennis. Like, he's the, he saves you from the very start of the game after you fall uh, down into the ocean after Vas gives you that time to run. And he seems to be like a, a loyal sort of sidekick companion to Jason. But I always felt like there was just some sort of ulterior motive there. It was like, why do you, you know, he doesn't have to do this. Yeah. And and he's just it's he's a really strange character and he and he really pushes pushes um Jason I only said Ethan then pushes Jason mm. to um keep going with what he's doing and doing it for the tribe because because Dennis is part of the um Rakiet tribe as well mm. um and he's very clearly in love with Citra oh yeah and uh, yeah he, like he doesn't help Ethan's ethan's case at all and ethan has no no choice but to trust him because he's the one that saves him at the very start because ethan easily could have just drowned or been killed but dennis was the one that saved him so ethan's basically got like a you know he's automatically loyal to him hmm yeah Yeah. and we and to be fair i felt like he had been brainwashed by all of this and he yeah he pretty much had been and where this all leads to 
we'll have to discuss at the end of the episode when everything sure. comes to a head. So well, I just I think. Uh, sorry, you go. You go. I just want. I just wanted to move on to sort of set the scene of what the islands are really like as well. To yeah, uh, be a picture before we sort of dive into the the other characters and natives of the island. Mm-hmm. Did you have something you wanted to add to Jason? No, no, not to Jason. I was actually going to say, do you want to have a little break? But let's talk about the island quickly uh, and then we'll have a break. Yeah, sure. So, uh, this is what happens when you're doing it online. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lots of funny head movements. <laughs> yeah, we, we normally like punch each and other. And eyebrows, eyebrows up and down and nose, yeah. little nose twitches. Yeah it's, all, yeah, it's all code. Oh, it is. And we normally, Winston's not here to start. I can't hear him in the background today. You know, nagging you to go out. So I don't know when you need it. So you just you just got to sing out to me. You just let me know when you need it. <laughs> Your fatherly duties call for you. <laughs> so the Rook Islands, uh, they're sort of they're set in like a sort of like a pseudo Indonesia. Sort of not quite Indonesia because they've actually got the people aren't quite Indonesian. They're actually um, Maori, you know, New Zealand sort of native. Yeah. Um, but it's a really beautiful world. We start on this North Island where most of the, the first half of the game takes place and we go to the South Island later, which is a bit less jungly but really still rich with wildlife um, and yeah, just loaded with these wild animals that are just mm. want to kill you at any time. The ocean's in between. We've got you know some trenches in there. We can do really deep dives to get some treasure. Yep. Um, which we, again, we- they did not have to put in the game. No. <laughs> no. For no reason did they put that in the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we've also got um, some vo- volcanoes with lakes in them. One's really fun to dive into, which I found. Yeah. It's just, it's just, you just get dive off the top and it's all in first person. You just, oh, it's really fun. It's yeah, like geez, bungee jumping that's not, game. Some, not something I did. Yeah. But yeah. I just want you for a moment to forget Bass, mm. forget what you, everything you thought about him being the main villain of this game, being one of the most fearsome villains in video game history because mm-hmm. he is small fry compared to the greatest threat to mankind that appears in this game and to be <laughs> fair probably anywhere all right forget godzilla yeah forget king kong For, i've forgotten them because this this mongrel of a thing made this game more of a survival horror than action thriller <laughs> i'm trying to think of what this is <laughs> and i of course Speak of none other than the mythical, fearsome, and <laughs> downright terrifying cassowary. <laughs> cassowary. <laughs> Please explain. This this thing looks like a, a pretty emu, right? Yeah. And you know, it's got its it's got its nice blue neck, it's got its little red dots on its cheeks, it's got this little weird <laughs> horn thing on its head. It's only, you know, stands a, about shoulder height, you know five foot or so looks kind of yep. cool and okay. I, but i knew i knew not to trust this thing because when i was a kid i had this picture like an animal book or something mm-hmm. and my dad said and i said oh dad this is cassowary it looks like a really cool emu and he's like no not bloody psychos they are like aggressive they'll kill you don't <laughs> trust them and i was like oh and this stuck with me as soon as i saw it in this game i saw one <laughs> next minute the damn thing charged me and i've never died a swifter death a more brutal death than this damn bird. Oh, God. I'm going to have to look the video of that up because I don't remember. It takes like a full clip to kill the thing. (laughs) 
it's just it's just a complete psycho because you can't it'll charge you from wherever you are it doesn't care mm. it'll charge your car it'll completely flip your car and then pile it on its head and run around with with you on its head for the rest <laughs> of the game it's just oh, it's just crazy but anyway <laughs> okay. i don't want to i don't want to talk about it anymore just, yeah, it's clearly making you upset. So let's just talk about something else. Yeah, but <laughs> but the um the, the darn uh, cassowary. Yeah, uh, uh, elsewhere on the island. Any meanwhile, wild piggies? Meanwhile, so yeah, there are some wild piggies, boars. A bit of uh, a bit of Ganondorf for you. Oi. big piggy. Oh, Ganon. Sorry. Gan- sorry. Gan- Ganon. Yes, I was listening in your Legend of Zelda episode. Yeah, clearly. I was listening, Master Teacher. Don't mm-hmm. worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, the but around the other island elsewhere, we get the constant pirate threat with uh, plenty of vehicles to drive and ride, like we said. But yeah, yeah, it's easy compared to the cassowary. It's just once you do the go for the cassowary first, and then you're invincible for the rest of the game, basically. <laughs> um, but uh, shame there's no cassowary uh, skill tree. I know, I know. This uh, it's really cool in this game actually too, uh, because if you get Molotovs or any sort of flame device, you can set the grass on fire it'll spread across like a big grass fire across the island up the trees and everything it's really cool gameplay mechanic if you're trying to mm-hmm. funnel some you know pirates into a certain area so you can flank them it's uh, really really quite fun uh and i, I guess the, the lush green tropical feel of this game with the palm trees and the really low like heaps of greenery heaps of bushes waterfalls so many places to hide and plot and plan attacks from it's really fun yeah uh, but it's probably one of my it's one of my favorite environments in video game history to be fair this is something we i think me- did we mention this a couple of days ago this would be something that would look fantastic as a remaster or a remake even because uh, it would because it still looks great looks yeah, amazing it would. Th- they have done like a, a remastering of it as far cry 3 classic edition mm that you can buy. It's on sale a lot actually on PlayStation Store for like five bones. That's right. But uh, a full-on um, remake would be nice. Mm. That's wor- it would be worth it too. But it's just mm. uh, oh, it's just such a great-looking environment. At the time, it was my, I think, the best-looking game I'd seen. Probably until, and I'm a, I love, you know, tr- tropical environments always look great with heaps of water around and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think until Assassin's Creed Black Flag came out this was probably my most satisfying to look at game yep this is really cool yeah okay um, but that's it's, just- yeah, it's so vibrant and colorful mm. it's just it's really pleasant to look at mm. yeah get Very- up on one of the mountaintops and just stare it's like a it was like a precursor to save thieves yeah yeah it was on the slightly more realistic side so anyway that's yeah. the that's the environment in which we're playing here so I can see why you can see why Jason gets so into it because I would too. I'd just want to stay there. Well, I can't. I can't say I would want to stay there. It's pretty dangerous, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's get to that break for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you never shut up. Yeah. <laughs> nah, we'll be back shortly. See you soon. Hey, Bob. <laughs> hey, Paul. You know, I've been thinking. Yeah? What about? Well, something that goes a little bit like this. Come on, sing with me. Oh, no. Well, well we, we like, like 
like puppies, they are so cute. We like puppies, they really are beaut. Sometimes they nibble, sometimes they chew, but really all the same is how much they love you. Yeehaw! Take it away, Andy! But however, they can annoy a little bit. But nothing so annoying as their body sloppy shit. Introducing Larry's Bory Buster, the perfect rag for cleaning up that sloppy dag when tackling a poop you just cannot scoop. Uh, Paul? Grab it in your hands, straight off the land. Don't worry about the mess, it really ain't no stress. This is a really lame ad for an awesome product, Paul. Well, fair income, Bob, I'm just trying to help you. Uh, Larry's Bory Buster, the best way to clean up your pup's mess. Busting a Bory can be messy. Who said raising a puppy was easy? A breath of wind can give them the runs. Seriously, what a handful. Righto, so welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. So uh, on this, seeing as we were talking about Jason being in such this hallucinogenic journey, he keeps getting drugged all the time. Mm. I really want to touch on a character that appears early in the game and it's littered throughout, and that's Dr. Alec Earnhardt. Uh, yeah. He's a very random English character. Mm-hmm. Who lives on this mansion on the top of this hill? It's the only mansion, almost western-looking uh, place, building in the entire uh, island. Yeah, it, it is he, actually. He just, yeah, that's a good point. And he's camped up in this island. Yeah, he's this really <laughs> scruffy, tired-looking professor, basically. Yep. He's just got really baggy stuff, really big red, red eyes all the time because he's uh, he's a chemist, basically. Yeah. But his description in the survival guide reads, and the in-game survival guide being like the the, the help book, basically. Mm-hmm. It says, Dr. Alec Earnhardt, Alec Earnhardt, a chemist, and I use that term more loosely than a half-time performance at a football game, <laughs> makes his living producing and selling drugs on the black market to pirates and privateers alike. Newspaper records show that he left London for Rook after his two-year-old daughter, Agnes, tumbled out the window of his 10th floor apartment. So, yeah, he's not in the game much, but we pretty much meet him first just because we learned that Jason's friend Daisy is there. Yep. Uh, and it, and we get there and he agrees to... We, we help him... Um, we help him help Daisy by going to this, uh, this cave. Like a cave, yeah. Collecting yeah, mushrooms. We, we have to get these cave mushrooms. Mm. Uh, and it's basically this cave that's just full of hallucinogenic uh, spores. <laughs> yeah. And you end up just going on this massive trip. And this is really early. Um, the first trip of the game. Yeah, first of many. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just totally it's just totally bizarre. Um, but we go... Uh, he basically agrees to give Jason's friends a refuge as Jason finds them across the island. Mm. Um, which is a neat... It's a, it's a neat almost check-in style function for Jason. As it sort of gives the break, breaks up the sort of heavy action parts of the game or the mission centric ones. Yep. Because it's sort of, we learn through Jason's friends' opinions uh, how much he's changing for better or worse. So we sort of, yeah, we'll go away for two hours, come yeah. back with a new one of the friends, and then they say, oh, Jason, you know, such and such. We go away, come back with another one, and they sort of say, oh, you know, they notice the changes in him. As we go. Well, that's the thing. All the people that Jason deals with out uh, through the island, they don't care about his uh, real life. They don't mm. know him. They're just using him for things. Yeah. So, that's how persuaded he is to do, like how, how uh, in over his head he is and he doesn't understand how out of control he is. But when we go back to mm. the cave under Earnhardt's house, uh, 
the you can see the concern on Jason's friends, uh, sorry, on their faces and in their voices about the things he's doing, and it, yeah, it brings you back to earth pretty quick about his character. Yeah, it does. Yeah, uh, and actually, in this in this acid trip or mushroom trip, while we're in this cave, mm. we do actually Gavin uh, Gav- Grant, Grant, Jason's yep. brother Grant, actually says uh, says to him that he is pretty good with weapons. He taught. He learnt it from him because Grant was ex-army. Yep. So, that's actually- And that's a point I missed until reflecting on this game for this episode is that that's actually the reason that Jason has had guns before because his brother trained him. Mm. Whereas I went going into <laughs> this game and a lot of criticism from everyone else about this game is that Jason basically becomes this one-man army because he's like just picks up a gun and suddenly can destroy everyone. Yeah. But turns out he did have some, some training. I mean, it's- Yeah, he- <laughs> there's at least that there to cover it up. I mean, it's pretty crazy the things he does out of nowhere, but there's something. I will Mm. say as well, on Earnhardt, the thing I thought about him was that he's kind of just a bit of a lost soul, Mm, I think. He is. And and I think when I said, I've already mentioned a few times about like Jason finding purpose and a lot of the people on the island finding purpose for their lives through Jason. I think he f- defines purpose in his life through aiding him and, and fostering all the, um, fostering them all to help him out. Mm. Uh, I think that just yes. gives him something to do and he, he appreciates it because he's still reeling from his daughter, um, Agnes, dying because he, when he's uh, on a trip, basically. Uh, when he agrees to house them all, he calls Daisy Agnes when she's lying on the bed, mm-hmm. yeah. and you can see that he's uh, yeah he's lo- he's had a lost he's lost someone in his life, and he's just a bit lost himself. Yeah, and I think this he almost sees Daisy as Agnes, and that's why he agrees to help. Yeah, because he sort of uh, it's whether we we don't know whether it's actually he actually thinks she's Daisy, uh, Daisy is Agnes, or mm. he just sort of sees it in her and goes, oh, you know, I'd like to help these kids. But he's real, uh, yeah. He's got a really shaky voice, and he's he's just shakier. <laughs> his state of consci- consciousness is even shakier than his voice. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know where he is. And he says, you know, while he's talking to Jason, he pretty much alludes to saying, like, you know, he's here now, talking to him now. But he's like, oh, I don't know if it will be shortly. You know, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what sort of state of consciousness yeah. he's going to be in at any point. Well, um, he seems a bit dodgy when you first meet him too, and he ends up actually oh yeah, being creepy. one of the most loyal uh, companions to the crew in the whole game. Yeah, well, because he suffers the ultimate consequence for sheltering um, Jason's friends because in the finale, leading into the finale, Jason actually comes back to see his friends and leave with them and all of his friends have gone. Uh, they've been attacked by Rakiat yep. uh, people, the tribe. Um and they've taken all of his friends and killed Alec Earnhardt. Yeah, well, they find which is Jason finds him dying. Yeah, hmm. and so that's yeah. he tells him where his friends have gone. But yeah, no, that is sad. Like he, all he did was help and ended up dying. Yeah, not hmm. not good. No, it's not. <laughs> and so, and speaking of the Rakiat, so these are the this is the local tribe that uh, Jason immerses himself in. Mm-hmm. With the help of Dennis Rogers, that we spoke about before, who's almost like a bit of a spiritual leader of the people. He's a and Dennis Rogers, it's worth mentioning, is actually an immigrant himself. He's, I think, uh, Nigerian. Then he goes, he's been to America, and then he's come back 
to find refuge or just to yeah an off the off the radar sort of something life like that yeah yeah so the yeah the Rakout are a, a native tribe who consist of a very old fashioned sort of hunter gatherer type society mm-hmm. uh, they wear blue they look like Pacific Islanders they actually have uh, Maori New Zealand New Zealander accents yeah um and so and the men are trained as honourable warriors from young while the women serve the township as wives or concubines mm-hmm. so it's it's very old and they're they sort of appear as you're going about the island and attacking pirates and things like that they will be out uh randomly scattered throughout the island almost like as a resistance fighters yep so if you if you happen to go past them and you're being hunted by something they'll jump in and help you which is really fun mm, no, that's cool they're they're a comforting side yeah um so i think and i think them being pacific pacific islanders in appearance or characteristics but this being a quite indonesian style setting makes it a really unique um environment i guess mm-hmm. I, I sort of like that hint because you sort of because the racket people uh sorry some of the other islanders in the game are indonesian looking but then the racket are different I really yeah. like that sort of mix. It's sort of its own fictional place. We don't have to get rooted in exactly where it is because, yep. you know, it's quite different. Um, but, yeah, that well, sort of yeah, I don't know where sets it, it up. I don't know where it would be because the all the sort of uh, prelude to them ending up on the island happens in Bangkok. Yeah, that's so, right. And, and they, they charter a plane to skydive down onto this island that they get told is um, safe. And mm. so I don't know where they go from and where this island would be located but it's uh it's definitely some sort of made up place because the, yeah, the 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 variety of people there is pretty vast yeah and <laughs> v- speaking of vast vast, yeah. <laughs> vast he's actually mexican as well so mm. it's, it's, it's a, a very hot so, I mean, sort c- of- so citra's mexican yeah she's vast's sister because they are related yeah. Yeah, and which we'll and we'll touch on that, and 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 that also leads to another character, who is the villain of the second half of the story, more or less, because we said it's sort of divided in two halves, where we go from fighting the pirate bass to suddenly fighting this sort of military, oh, basically warlord, yeah, style character, a Seth African. Named Holt, uh, Hoyt Volker. Mm. And that's where the game gets even more confusing. It's like, why doesn't everyone just leave this game, this island, these islands alone? <laughs> where are these people coming <laughs> yeah. from? Like, why these islands? Yeah. Well, he's pulling the strings for... He's pulling the strings for everything, though. And we, mm. we learned through some of the dialogue from Citra that she actually really cared for Vass, her brother, and hated the fact that Hoyt manipulated him so much that he became so hostile. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Vass is certainly the villain of the game for the majority of the game, but uh, I think Hoyt, Hoyt is the he's the real deal. As crazy as that sounds to say, because because Vass is so intense, but it's it's yeah. a it's a funny dynamic where where the Hoyt just comes in and sort of pulls the rug under from Vass, and then he's the he's a real threat. It feels I think because because Vass feels so like such an intense villain, Hoyt has this huge presence when he turns out to be the one that you got to go after. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's the mastermind of this entire piracy plot, basically. I, I which is which involves human trafficking and, yeah. and drug trafficking. Yeah. So and he and he and he also funds and supplies um, all of these pirates and protects them using his mercenaries called the the privateers, which is like a militia. Yeah. Uh, so, but basically, Jason needs to overthrow him to liberate the islands, which is the almost Jason's objective once he saves his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that I think after he leaves them, doesn't he? Before he goes off to get Hoyt and take on this second part of the game, he basically tells his friends to leave and that he's staying. Yeah, yeah. They, the the boat is ready to go. They, yeah. Uh, so they they find a boat in uh, the cave system below um, Doctor Earnhardt's house. Uh, which is where Jason's friends sort of hung out through the game because they're repairing this boat. And as mm. they, as Jason brings some of his friends back that he saves, they all help repair this boat they found. And, yeah, it comes towards the end of the game and they're basically they say, oh, the boat's ready to go. We can make an exit and get out secretly and, and go home. And Jason's just basically like, I'm having too much fun here, fucking going nuts. I'm staying. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's yeah, it is. Um, but he's so twisted by the um, Rakyat, thinking that he's this warrior um, leader, that he—it's almost like it's—he's—it's he's his sworn duty now that he has to go after Hoyt for mm. them. It's uh, and yeah, and I honestly wish that maybe he did just leave with them because Hoyt is a far far weaker villain than Vas. Yep. And I, I just think that Holt sort of causes the game to lose a bit of steam um, and all that sort of, I suppose, uh, intensity that's in the story up to that point. I just think that him taking over as the main villain, yeah, it just, it just ruins it and takes the, it, it just sort of maybe not care as much. Yeah. Because um, he's just an archetypal warlord, you know, a... Uh, Random white man who's come to the an exotic place to pillage it. Mm. He's super. So he's easy, he's easy to dislike. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's pretty psycho though. I mean, the first time we see him doing a big speech to the whole of his, or or, or you know, a good percentage of his um, troops uh, over on his island, Jason sort of he steals an outfit to look like what some of the mercenaries, and he and he gets in there and he's basically watching Hoyt do the speech, and he promises to give anyone who brings in Jason's head their own private island. And then he says that if anyone messes up any of the three rules, he literally has this furnace on this on this stage and he says that he'll chuck them in the furnace if they break mm. any of his rules. Like he's pretty he's pretty crazy. I'm not surprised that he twisted Vass the way he did. Because yeah. Vass is essentially no, just an yeah. extension of his um, psychotic nature. So Yeah, just probably more untapped, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, sorry, um, more uncouth. Well, I think Vas is a probably a guy that was a, a nice, gentle person that got given way too much power and drugs. Yeah, so that's why he's so off tap because <laughs> he just uh, he doesn't even know what to do with the amount of power that he has. Mm. Yeah, off off tap was the word I was looking for. Thank you. Mm, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> untapped, and and I, I suppose this sort of talking about being twisted into staying on the island to take on uh, Hoyt and the rest of this plot. Uh, Citra is the main 
mastermind behind that for Jason. Yep. She's the leader. Her name's Citra Telugmai. So, she has a different surname to Vas, but they're brother and sister. Yep. I don't I don't know. Um, Could be like a tribal but, name or something. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, she's yeah. So she's the leader of the Rakyat. Basically, almost seen it as a goddess. Yeah. She's very... She's put up on a pedestal like you wouldn't believe. And she's very gracious, giving, kind, uh, I suppose, very charismatic yeah. leader. But I trusted her completely throughout the whole game. You know, I... Like Jason, that's what I mean. We we're basically perfectly in sync with Jason. Yeah. Well, uh, I, yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah. it's yeah. You can tell. You see what she's doing. But she's, she she twists ha- his mind. You don't have anything against she her. She twists his yeah. mind, but because let's be honest, because she's pretty good looking, and Jason is clearly interested in helping her, and you can see that yeah. Dennis is so in love with her as well. So there's mm. obviously something special about her. I think uh, Jason is easily persuaded in this instance for sure. Yeah, well she she wants him to she wants Jason to become the perfect warrior. Yeah. Uh, which is and that's the main reason that Jason wants feels compelled to stay. It's almost like his little oh I want to please Citra sort of thing. Like he sees it as if he, maybe if he does it, he'll have a chance with her sort of thing. You can just see him really being into her more than probably yeah. he should be. Yeah, well it's the I think it's he probably feels He's probably excited to feel quite wanted because it, by the looks of the uh, cutscenes from in flashbacks, his relationship with Liza is quite rocky, uh, and mm. Liza sort of wants him to be wants him to be more, but he he can't he can't get over the line or, so, or something like that. And I think in this instance, in this instance, he's uh, he's found something that he's good at and that uh, Citra really enjoys. So it's like the perfect match. In his eyes. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's a she's a strong woman, that's for sure. Yeah. But just her survival guide entry um, says, and I can't, I can't remember if this is from Jason's perspective, but it says, I've never managed to get inside the main temple, so most of my experience with Citra comes from the townspeople and their stories. They call her a warrior goddess, and she's definitely a looker. I know that she's resisted Vas, Hoyt, and their pirates every, every step of the way. So, yep. she's very much the resistance leader. Yeah. And that's why they're very easy to side with as a player as well because as much as we know we're getting, you know, Jason's losing his mind and body to this um, to this island, we also feel like we have a duty to get these, you know, this militia off the island who don't belong there to liberate, liberate it from the pirates and the mercenaries. Yeah. Hmm. So it's easy to get sucked in. And the main thing, the main thing, <laughs> we're no different to Jason. <laughs> yeah, the main thing that she wants Jason to do throughout the game is to collect this ancient knife uh, that will pretty much help Jason become the 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 perfect warrior. Is that correct? Yep. And in doing that, uh, in doing that quest, Jason meets a few a few other people as well. Um, Mm. Particularly, he meets a guy named Buck Hughes. And I like to call this segment of the game the uh, the strange Chinese history sequence. Because... <laughs> because <laughs> Is that an original? <laughs> Should you copyright that to trademark uh, that? Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, for my remake of Far Cry 5, uh, 3, this is the strange Chinese history sequence. Because but he meets this guy Buck that basically has information on 
uh, oh, sorry. He he has Jason's friend Keith locked away in his basement, but he won't give yeah. Keith over until uh, Jason gets this item for him, which turns out to be the same knife that Citra wants. So he goes through all mm. this stuff to get this knife, and for whatever reason, and I'm sure there's a great reason for it, but who, how the hell would I bloody remember? Every time <laughs> he goes out of an area that Buck tells him to go, and he collects his tump- compass and there's all these magic pieces that come together to point him in the right direction. Buck is there. He's always there. He's got like real, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, what's the what's it, uh, what's his name? Ah, uh, oh, damn. Uh, Lucas <laughs> Lucas Baker from Resident Evil Seven. He's got like real Lucas vibes where he's like playing a game. Oh yeah, yeah. he's like he's like playing with Jason, but it's really bizarre because he actually. If he if he just helped him, he'd be able to get the the thing you wanted. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so it's a funny situation because you you're you're in a situation where you got to get the knife to get Keith back, but you know that you have to get the same knife for Citra. So you've you've, yeah. you've sworn to give the same item to two people for like three hours of the game. It's a really yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. dynamic. But anyway, you end up uh, getting locked in his basement when you finally give him the knife. And then you fight him in like a knife fight, and you kill him with the knife. So you end up giving that to Citra anyway. But uh, yeah, I thought it's I thought it's interesting to bring here because he's just a super weird dude and a real pain in the neck. Well, and I think actually actually he's one of the he might be the character that leads you up to that volcano to dive in to find a piece of the compass. Yeah, I mean that's totally possible. Yeah, yeah. But it, that was I think that that was a cool part because he actually took you pretty deep into the forest. Yeah, well, that's where. So that's you, why it was quite a mysterious part that, of the game. That's where you went to a few of the places I mentioned at the very start, like the submarine docks and the mine. He would go into a mine, and you go on a go into a, on a pirate ship and abandoned ship and all this stuff to find all yeah. these artifacts. Um, yeah, it's a treasure but, hunt. Yeah, sequence, but no, yeah. no sewer, thankfully. No hmm. sewer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so can I just say though, even though this game has no sewers in it. We still haven't gone an episode like very far without mentioning sewers. No, can we? Can we? Oh, there's Winston. He 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 heard us say he's, sewers. He's ready. <laughs> he did. He just yelped in pain. I think <laughs> <laughs> he's already traumatized. Yeah. The yeah. So I think we should. Hopefully, we can go for about ten weeks without mentioning sewers. Um, because my hair has gone grey just from these first eleven episodes. I don't feel confident about it. Especially, uh, especially that we booked in episode sixteen to be our sewer episode, but oh, you're right. But uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, well, look, let's just let's try. Let's try it. Let's What's your favourite sewer? No, 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 sorry. Keep going, please. Don't let me. Don't let me get stuck on sewer. <laughs> you can ask right. me what my favourite sewer was. <laughs> in the middle of so, the Far Cry three episode, what's your favourite sewer? <sighs> They just have this thing. If, I have, overtake, to, if I have to answer that. They overtake you. If I have to answer that, then you are not getting a burning question today. <laughs> this must... I think this is how the game developers must feel. I reckon that there's something about them. I reckon everyone's... Maybe someone there's... That each game developer's had an experience with sewers and they just can't shake it. Yeah. They can't shake it. They've got to just put it in there. Otherwise, the, the sewer will consume them. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, look. There's a couple of other characters I want to quickly mention. Uh, Willis Huntley is a, a he's like a ex 
for I think he still is, but he's like a CIA or or something agent from America. Yeah, CIA. Yeah. Um, and he's there doing a mission to for, for something. I don't bloody know, but he's just a real American patriot dude. Everything he's real <laughs> American. He even tells you to go to um actually he, and I should just before I move on, he's a he is very helpful uh, to Jason actually. Like he doesn't do anything wrong by. He's actually just very helpful. Uh, he, and he even helps take Jason across to Hoyt's Island when he needs it and, and everything. So, like, he just, he just does right. all the right, right stuff. But he... Oh. And he... That's where you get the the jumpsuit, isn't it? Yep. Yep. I completely forgot you, about it. You get that. a wingsuit and you jump out of his wingsuit. plane down onto Hoyt's Island. Yes. Um, and then you oh. go to the crazy... Uh, the crazy cock bar to find uh, Willis's old running mate, Sam Becker. Um, yep. And and you have to whistle the Star Spangled Banner, the Amer- uh, American <laughs> uh, national anthem, to mm. to to notify him that it's he, you know he, he's come from Willis. So that's how much of an American patriot he is. Uh, at the crazy cock bar. Yeah, at the crazy cock bar. He's in a poker game. There's lots of poker in Far Cry Three. Uh, we haven't mentioned that. Plenty of poker. Uh, yeah. yeah, Sam oh, Sam is. Becker. He's a uh, quite a loyal and proud soldier um i think but he's he's clearly been lost on the islands for a pretty long time and i think finding the new mission through jason is again giving someone a purpose because it's pretty clear that he's been forgotten for the most part by willis over the over four or five years i think one of the first things he says is um oh i haven't heard from willis in five years or something he's been waiting for five years to hear from him or something like that. So he just was he just been there for five years <laughs> <laughs> so, well he's i think he's become like the inside man in Hoyt's he has he has yeah. He, yeah he's he's yeah. known at hoyt's or in at hoyt's hq he goes and mm. plays poker and, and things like that he's part of it that's right yeah but anyway is anything else you want to talk about do we have we gone a bit deeper into vas did we talk about vas or no we haven't this is the this part is where we last, dive into the yeah last the character we need to talk about. Now. Last, last, but certainly not least, is the the best character of the game. Yeah, uh, he trumps Hoyt like you wouldn't believe, and he's he's the undisputed champion of Far Cry Three. Yeah, oh for sure, no uh, doubt. And yeah, he's in it for fifteen minutes. All he up. has brought he time. has Brock Lesnar uh, angry energy actually. Oh yeah, the beast. Yeah. So to paint the picture of what he looks like, he's got a, a scraggy red singlet on with a satchel. Mm-hmm. He's got DC on his belt for some reason. He's got <laughs> a gun in hand all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's got bandages around his wrists, fingers, and he's got he's got a massive scar down over one eye, mm-hmm. which goes pretty much from from crown just nearly to his chin. Uh, he's got earrings. He's got a big goatee beard. And he's got this massive mohawk. Yeah. This this dude's is crazy. Yeah. Did you mention uh, the piercing he's got on his eyebrow? No. But he does have the piercing on yeah. his eyebrow. You'd You're have right. to be crazy to have an eyebrow piercing. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's um Yeah, he's just he's up there with I put him in the exact same category as the Joker. He's That's almost exactly as what crazy I wrote. I wrote he's reminiscent yeah. of the Joker. Yeah, it's just a loose think, cannon. Yeah, I think uh, in a video game world, I'd put him just above the Joker purely because he's an original game character. The Joker's existed previously elsewhere, but 
I'd probably I would have. Uh, I know I'm probably forgetting a couple of others, but they're both easily in the top five video game villains of all time. I'd probably put Vass as one, but I'm happy to be proven wrong as we work our way through games because yeah, geez, that's probably a huge call. That's a massive call. But he he was at the time mm. uh, this game came out. He became my favorite villain uh, or best villain. And to be honest, if I can't remember something off the top of my head, he probably is still. Um, but he's just so beautifully written. Like, he, his scenes are just the most memorable in the game. And, he's yeah, his speech pattern and the escalation from zero to 100 intensity mm. in the same sentence is just so intense. He's just manic. Oh, totally yeah, manic. he is. He's insane. Yeah, I don't, truly. I, I don't know how the voice actor didn't bloody uh, ruin his throat in his voice box doing these recordings. <laughs> Buster Pooper Valve. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he would, have, sure. he would have done that. Yeah. It, it just... <laughs> Just ears bleeding or something like he just, oh, it's just so intense. It's incredible. So yeah. I just I want to read through the the most famous uh, monologue from him in the game very quickly. I just want to say uh, when we brought up him being sort of like the Joker, I think the main reason I thought that is because he 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 has so many opportunities where he could literally just shoot Jason in the face, and mm-hmm. he continuously gives Jason a chance to escape. And that is yeah. such a Joker thing to do, to like it let is. Batman have an opportunity to get away because he just thrives on the chaos. And mm. that's exactly what Vars does with Jason. Yeah. And in no way am I uh, trying to say that Jason is anything like Batman. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was. I just wanted you, to say that. Do you know? I actually, I actually did have a point um, saying that when we are as Jason, we're going through the the forest and creeping around and becoming one with the island. I felt like Batman in Predator mode. <laughs> but I regret you? I regret writing that down. That's awful. <laughs> I just played Batman Arkham Asylum through and how could you even say that? Well, I didn't mean what I yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> Moving along. So, so, the number one quote um, that's played over and over, over and over and over again Oh my god, that's part of the quote that this <laughs> that Vask has is actually probably the key. It was the key promo leading up to the game. Yeah. So he goes like this, and this is in a crazy. He's in a, it's in a, a Latino accent, and he and he goes up and down and everything. But mm-hmm. try to bear with me here. <laughs> so he says, "Did I ever tell you?" And this is talking to Jason. Sorry, while he's sitting at the edge of this waterhole with with a concrete block attached to a rope and tied to his feet. Um, he says, like, did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? Insanity is doing the exact same thing over and over again, expecting shit to change. That is crazy. And then he goes on this complete rant <laughs> where he screams at Jason for even just looking at him funny. Yeah, he does. And he goes... He goes, sorry, he just goes like, sorry, I just can't stand the way you're looking at me. And he kicks, stands up and smashes this box that he's sitting on. <laughs> and and then all of a sudden he goes calm again. Um, and then, yeah, just this massive rant. It's, oh, it's so intense. And he well, gets really close to the camera as well. So, he's right in your face. Yeah. He- all while you're sitting on the... And this is after he's captured you because you've tried to um, take this convoy. And he's basically, you go to open the back of this car. And you pull the armored doors open. He's just he's there. He's there. Goes, hey, Jason. He punches in the face. Yeah. Oh, it's just crazy. <laughs> um, 
And he finishes this rant by simply saying, did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? Mm. Like he's forgotten about it. <laughs> that, re- that going over and over again, repeating the same thing is insanity and he's literally just repeated himself. It's one of the most well-crafted uh, pieces of script or monologue in any game. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that, isn't it? Is that, oh, the, and it's just, is that the one where he kicks the like cinder block off the cliff and Jason's yeah. tired? Yeah. Yeah, it's, and then so once he's finished that, he just stands up and kicks this block into the water hole and you go hole and you go tumbling off the cliff and down to the bottom where you see all these dead bodies. But luckily because Jason's superhuman, he's the only one who could ever break out. He just pulls out himself off the rope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you escape and just carry on your, your journey. Yeah, well, the water acts as a lubricant and he's able to untie himself. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's a wise man. Mm-hmm. He's a wise man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyone anyone who just wants to see something incredible writing, just look up Vass, V-A-S-S, Far Cry 3, watch his scenes. He's just bonkers. Yeah. Um, I, but- yeah. I implore anyone to do that. Or if, mm. you see the, if you see the game on sale for five bucks, just play it. Just oh, yeah. play the game. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but right when we aren't sure how we're going to defeat Vast, because he's just like the Joker, he's just out of control. He's clearly a genius as much as he's crazy. And and we're anticipating the end game of what it's going to be like with him. Halfway through the game, we attack his stronghold. Um, we go on this big psychedelic trip, mm-hmm. fighting all these versions of Vast as they're running out of the fog at you and all this. And then suddenly you, you stab one of them um, and, and Vast challenges you to stab him and you do. And suddenly he's dead. Yeah. And the plot takes a very refined turn where suddenly we're just going <laughs> after this militia like, you know, Hoyt's army as we spoke about. Yeah. And things just become more predictable and um, Jason knows his direction and, he, you know, humanity's almost lost. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it just, that just took the steam out of the game. Like I said, we just, it became this insane trip. Yeah. Uh, just to this sort of weird... Oh, not weird. Just very straightforward, and I, I just until the ending, which we'll talk about, um, it just well, it didn't resonate with me as well as the first half. That's for sure. Well, it's similar to in similar fashion to Resident Evil. To bring up Resident Evil again, it it sort of has two thirds of the game where uh, you you wouldn't know what's coming around the corner, and then the last act tends to be very predictable and and just plain action. Yeah, yeah, or or something you know, like Alien Isolation, where the final act is more guns and military and things like that so um which yeah, is a, which sure. is a bummer which is a bummer mm. because vast yeah the vast just you, you didn't know when he was going to show up he was very unpredictable um mm. but hoyt was pretty much uh stagnant uh in, in one building on the island yeah. so and yeah. you just had to continuously keep going there mm. so there wasn't really any surprises except for uh, finding uh, Jason finding his brother Riley in the bottom of Hoyt's HQ, who he previously he thought, thought he was, was dead. dead, and mm. then Jason has to um act like he's belting him up as a prisoner to impress yeah. Hoyt. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's a good twist yeah. that it is. Mm. Yeah, so we get to the ending. Yeah, and it's a big choice to make as we either give in to Jason's spiral and obsession with becoming a warrior or we resist it to remain who he was before. Well, sorry, before before we speak about that, we should say we should just touch on 
what happened what happens when Jason goes to Hoyt's Island uh, because he basically shoehorns his way into the HQ by dressing up in the military uniform and going under the moniker as Foster. And yeah. uh, he ends up, him and Sam, uh, Sam Becker, the military man that was friends with Willis, ends up playing a poker game with Hoyt and Hoyt stabs Jason, uh, Sam straight in the throat and then reveals that he knew mm. it was Jason all along. <laughs> and then in very similar yeah. fashion to when he stabbed Vars, it sort of plays this uh, sort of old ball dream-like sequence where you have a knife fight with Hoyt and it's pretty much the same thing, even almost the same knife movement to stab him in the side. Mm. Um, so, before we get to the very end, I should just mention that you do uh, kill Hoyt uh, as yep. well. So, like the, the sort of goal that, you, that Citra and, and, and all that had for you, you do complete. Mm. Yeah. Yes, you, you yeah. do. And then we pretty much go back to find our friends at this cave which is where we see Earnhardt and all the friends are dead and all the friends gone, or Earnhardt dying anyway. Yep. And then we have to go and confront Citra because it turns out the Rakyat have taken him, taken them all. Yep. And we get two choices. One is we join Citra, which results in Jason having to kill all of his friends to in order to, uh, I guess, become the warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, Citra tells the Rakat warriors to, you know, prepare the Tatao, you know, to get this final bit of his tattoo, his inauguration mm. um, into this tribe as this warrior. He has uh, he has sex with Citra uh, in this ritual. And then um, just as they're done, Citra stabs Jason right in the chest and he bleeds out and uh, Citra re- reassures her, uh, chosen mate that uh, she will give birth to their child who will become the destiny of the Rook Islands um, <laughs> that, and become the perfect warrior. Um, Use, using, so, using him from beginning to end. Yeah. And Citra tells Jason he's a warrior and he, and should die a warrior and whispers, you won right before the game ends. And the credits roll. Uh, and we just sort of go, no, we didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and the other alternative is saving your friends. Um, and you, you just you decide not to kill your friends. Citra yep. pleads pleads for you to join her, but she does. And this is where she actually shows that she does actually care for Jason. Um, but you know she tries to convince him that he can't go back to where he was. The the you know the jungle is his true home. Adding they will move on, have kids and boring lives. All of his friends, you know, it won't be it would be boring to go back mm. home. Um, you know and. Jason says he's done. There'll be no blood. And then basically Dennis comes in angry that he didn't join Citra. Yep. Um, and then, you know, berating him for betraying them. And Citra, he goes to stab Jason and Citra jumps in the way, sacrificing herself to save Jason. Yeah. So Dennis um, basically kills the one that he loves. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's where we sort of leave him. And, you know, he's cradling Citra and Jason leaves with his friends. Well, that's a really um, strange and flat ending to the game as well. I think both endings are quite flat, but the the good ending, I suppose, where you go home to America with your friends, it just ends very, very oddly with Dennis killing Citra and then all of a sudden the credits roll and you see the boat leave um, the island to go back to America. With, with the, the um, sacred knife stuck in the, lodged in the sand on the beach. Yeah. It's just a, I, I don't know, behind. I just think it's a really bizarre way to finish the game. <laughs> it is. It's it's a weird, 
it's a very weird sort of B movie, sudden dark finish. Yeah, where, where I'd expect some sort of weird gothic rock to play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think which I think does play actually. <laughs> yeah, no, it's something. It's something like that. I think the mm. the two endings are. It, it, it's not actually explained, but I like to think that the reason that they took Jason's friends from Earnhardt's house is because Dennis got into Citra's ear about the fact that Jason was still not fully on board. So mm. then they took uh, his friends and made him choose. Yeah, it was a testing committee. Yeah, um, but I, but but I like to think that Dennis was the reason in yeah. Citra's ear. Yeah, because and that was you know because Dennis is. Even to ver- towards the very end of the game, was still saying, you know, you have to leave, you have to let go of your friends mm. and just become the mm. warrior that you are supposed to be, kind of thing. And it's like, well, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's bizarre, isn't it? Because I guess saving your friends, if you do that ending, you just think, oh, Citra is a really, you know, brave person. I should have saved her instead. You know, I should have done this maybe yeah. instead of kill your friends, which I know is a dark thing to do. Um, but then, if you join Citra, you just don't. You end up not liking her because she ends up killing you. So you yeah. know, it's too strange. Um, but once you, when you, if you do the good ending, as we will call it, saving your friends, Jason finishes uh, just as the credits begin to roll. I think he says, "I've killed so many people, I've lost count. I can't come back from this. I'm a monster. I can feel the anger inside me, but I'm still somewhere inside me. More than that, better than that. It's quite corny." Very, but it's but it sums up it, but it sums up uh, the, the damage that he's sort of wrought on his own mm. psyche, I suppose, in doing what he did. That's exactly what Ethan would say. Did I say Ethan? I meant Jason. <laughs> 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 to be fair, Ethan would be a name that suits them both. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, strange, strange ending. I think that fi- yeah, that final is. act is just a bit, bit flat. But look. I don't think it uh, ruins the game. The game is an awesome ride still. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, it, it is great, but like we said, you know, it almost goes from a 10 out of 10 first half to about a 7 out of 10 second yeah. half. Yeah, that's good. Uh, go- a good mm. score for it, yeah. Yeah, all right. So, in the interest of time, we'll just we'll, let's burn through these burning questions. Yeah, let's do it. You so first or me my first? My question for you. You first? Me first. Me first. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you think Far Cry 3 is so much more successful than Far Cry 4, which was a very uh, basically built on it and was more expansive, had a crazy villain and everything. Mm. Uh, and we enjoyed that quite a bit, but not nearly as much. Oh, I didn't finish Far Cry 4. Did you? Mm. Yep. Uh, I think I just played it. It's funny because I, it ex- uh, I played it expecting something as crazy and as... And as insane as Far Cry Three, mm. and I think uh, it was only a two-year development cycle. Come out two years later, and I just think that they thought they could get away with not—they could just get away with the same thing again. Mm. And even though I kind of wanted that, it felt a bit—it weared thin pretty quick because Vass was such an unbelievable character that uh, any villain. Was never going to match match him, and they've tried to recreate him in everyone since it seems. Yeah, I don't know. If- they get this big megalomaniac 
megalomaniacal character. Mm. <laughs> you know, with the bright colors and just really weird. I think this pagan Min in the, in uh, yeah, Far Cry Four. Yeah, um, he's just a voiced by Troy Baker though. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah. Um. So he and he's basically a Nepalese warlord. Yeah. Or king. It's just it's really strange. He's just. Yeah, they just they just tried to go the vast route, and he's just not as good. Yeah, I mean, if I played it now, I reckon I'd probably get more enjoyment out of it because the the world of Far Cry Four is actually very beautiful, uh, and it I is. I potentially might, um would even like it better than Far Cry Three. Um, hmm. but yeah, it's just the the villain just felt so weak in compared to Vars, and any it's it's a tough spot because any villain in a sequel to that game would have felt um inferior straight away. And yep. because the because Far Cry Three and then they tried it again with Far Cry Four tried to so heavily lean on the villain as being the essentially the main character of the game, like mm. the the cover of the game is literally the villain. Mm. Um, it, it just didn't work. It's lightning yep. didn't strike twice. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Vast made the difference. Yeah. My burning question is a bit of a big one, actually. And this might be a bit too much to think off off the top of your head, but if you can have it, I have, a, I have an answer. The Far Cry games have traveled to many different continents and climates over the years, tropical islands, the Himalayas, Southern America, and more. While researching for this episode, I had thoughts about what a potential game set in Australia might look like. <laughs> I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that and where possibly in the country could the game be set. Hmm. Good one. And I wrote a I wrote an answer for a game, but uh, if you have anything, it's a pretty hard question to answer quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I'm just trying to think of you know whether it's something that's say tropical's been done, and Australia's tropics aren't as tropical as what the Rook Islands yeah. are. So we probably don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. The desert would be really cool, but there's not a whole lot of variety out there. Yeah, there's nothing except for maybe Northern Territory, where it sort of how it goes into both. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, we've got the nice Tassie mountain ranges, snow-capped mountains. I reckon, I reckon, the Alpine ranges of of Victoria or um, the Otway ranges. Nice rainforesty, yeah. you know, but cold, cold climates. Yep, nice with uh, with echidnas that and uh, drop bears, you know, that <laughs> you can't stop. Yeah, I wrote, uh, I wrote a little synopsis for a game. A small group of towns in northern Queensland with a bigger city acting as the central hub. Boats would arrive to Australia from Asia with their ruler aboard who leads them in taking over said city and enslaving a lot of the locals. The main character would be an Asian man part of the invasion who meets an Aboriginal tribe and is persuaded to swap sides after realising what they have done. He helps the Aboriginals push back the invaders, but it turns out the Australian government had connections to the invasion which stemmed from broken trade, broken down trade deals and false promises. Oh, intense. Yeah, I, don't know. I just got creative for a minute there. <laughs> <laughs> you just went with it. Yeah. No, that's good. I like, I, I do like the idea of having a very strong native presence. Yeah. Mm. Um, the, the Aboriginal. Torres Strait Islander people. Yeah. It'd be really cool, actually. Because there's so many nations in that. It would be it'd be awesome. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but far north Queensland, definitely somewhere you can wreak some havoc with the uh, with the very interesting folks that are found up that way. Yeah, and I think, you know, far, very far <laughs> north Queensland, you could probably park boats there from somewhere and the rest of Australia wouldn't even know. Like, who cares about yeah. far north Queensland? 
Tell you what, the crazy cock bar would definitely belong up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got some crazy wildlife up there as well and sea life and stuff, dangerous sea life. So, I thought that would be uh, might act as a good spot for it. Mate, yeah, drop bears, big kangaroos and uh, giant jellyfish. Crocs too, yeah. yeah. But the jellyfish, they'll be the ones that get Yeah, they, they would. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right, so final thoughts on the game. I'll just be very quick. I think it's a great game, great environment, greatest villain ever perhaps, uh, but a very uh, weaker second half that was quite disappointing. But I still keep this at about a 9 out of 10 personally because all I remember is the very good stuff in the first half Yeah, and the gameplay and the environment. Yep. Vass, can't talk about Vass, speak highly enough of Vass as a character. Yep, nice. I think the game has a really interesting storyline. Uh, and the characters are like very professionally written. Uh, the ending falls pretty flat, but it does. Yeah, like I said before, it doesn't diminish the great gameplay and story beats that lead up to the final moments. Um, and uh, yeah, I, d- I don't love the game or anything like that. Like I, I, I like it. I'm glad I played it back when it came out. And again, you, you're the one that persuaded me to um, play it. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Anytime. I appreciate. I appreciate its intense nature, especially for a game that. Came out in 2012. Not that that's that long ago, but I think that the tone or the tone for ga- violence in games and really uh, deep emotional stories has really changed in the last sort of six, five to six years. And I think games mm-hmm. are a lot more willing to be a lot more violent and touch on t- uh, you know more more graphic subjects these days. So I think for something like that in 2012 was a pretty big deal. Um, mm. So yeah, I appreciate it th- for that for sure. Uh, uh, yeah, I haven't really been scoring games on the podcast, but if I had to give it a score, I'd probably give it an 8 out of 10. It's yep. definitely above average and quite good. Yeah, very yeah. fun. Well, we gave the we gave Last of Us both games a rating out of 10 last week, so I thought... Oh, that was a bloody shoo-in anyway. It was going to be 10 out of 10 no matter what we said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I agree with you completely. And I just think um, it was very much a, tra- a bit of a trendsetter and trailblazer. Yeah, it was. Back in twenty, it actually was mm. a surprising one too, because it was the third game in the series, and the other games had been yeah fairly popular, but this just oh, it set itself aside like crazy. Mm. Yeah, no, very cool. Let's hit. All right, let's, that's Far Cry Three done. Yeah, that's it. Let's let's hear about Plantation Rum before we go. We don't need to hear about yeah, cracking. We've had it many times now. It's very, 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 very good. All right, so the plantation with infused pineapple dark rum. It is Stiggins. There's a Stiggins fancy uh, recipe on here, by the way. A fancy is a bit of a you know, a bit of a cocktail concoction from the crazy uh, cock bar. From the crazy cock bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it's it's well worth a try. I'm going to go a very solid sip it. Oh, very good. It's uh, it's really nice, and I think it's um. It's just that uh, the pineapple substitute substitute from the vanilla that we're probably used to is just really nice, mm. and it's a very it's so such a subtle pineapple flavor that doesn't override it whatsoever. So, I um I recommend any rum lovers out there to give it a go. Um, yeah, cool. I found this at yeah you'll find this at any of the I th- I found this at Liquorland, so you know, it might not be necessarily everywhere else so if you want to find it go to Liquorland. very good yeah awesome if i can come uh if i can leave melbourne next weekend and come down your way i'll come try it yeah that's the only reason to come to see me 
Uh, yeah. That's what I have to. That's what you've. I've resorted to. And I'll let you meet my puppy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to meet Winston. Yeah. All right. All yeah, right. That well, was, that was a good episode. I enjoyed talking about that. Yeah. That was good fun. Mm. That was good fun. Um, so thanks again for listening, guys. Yes, as always. thank you. It's a real pleasure. Uh, everyone around the world. Uh, I hope you're all safe out there. I hope you're all, you know, out of lockdowns. Everyone's happy. Yeah. More positive, and if, if, I, if, a, if, if a DJ at a nightclub in uh, Bangkok offers you to charter a plane and skydive over a random island in the Asian territory of the world, probably don't do it. Just yeah, in case the there's pirates, yeah. There's pirates everywhere yeah. in these waters, and I no sewer, no sewers though, so it wouldn't be so oh, bad. Yeah, and, and I was the one that always brings up the sewers. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, you've brainwashed me. Uh, um, before we go, so, I just want to say. Uh, we we're on Facebook, we're uh, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Uh, please follow all of those if you want to keep up with what we what we're doing on the side, what we're talking about. You want to see what our faces look like. We're on Instagram now, mm-hmm. Facebook, and is the Rumble Pack podcast. Twitter and Instagram are at Real Rumble Pack. So yep. please, if you're listening, come follow and uh, even yeah, reach out to us and let's let's have a chat. Love to talk to people. For sure. Mm. And recommend us to your friends and family who you think would enjoy this podcast. But without further ado, that's all from me. And and, and you know what? If anyone out there hears that and they go and uh, follow one of the pages, feel free to recommend us uh, some rum. We haven't even said that, but I think it would be good if if anyone wants to recommend us some rum for us to try. Please do. Yep, for sure. All right. Well, I'm out. Cool. Thanks for joining, everyone. See you later, Billy. See you, guys. See you, mate.